Okay. And we're live. We are uh, live. Ben, how's it? How's it fucking going, dude? <laughs> going all right, yeah. Nice to nice to see you, man. Andrew, not like we haven't seen each other already for like past two and a bit hours. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, helping sorting out all of this. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. No um, worries. A lot of the good, well, uh, much better audio quality that we're going to be experiencing here right now Hopefully is so. Yeah, is due to this uh, the handiwork of this wonderful gentleman in front of me. Um, if you haven't seen before, everyone on the previous pod, uh, it was uh, Mister. Benjamin Berry and his uh, wonderful mind and uh, fascinations is bringing bringing forward. So, absolute <laughs> pleasure, sir. Good it's an honour. Here's an honour. Oh, good lord! So TikTok, TikTok, yeah. I was something I, I I I don't know. I always I always when when I when I knew you many years ago, I saw you kind of getting into some form of uh, streaming or video making kind of world. Yeah. What, what was it that was pre? What was the pre TikTok? video what was what was it called again oh the, the prerequisite to it it was uh, it was twitch streamer wasn't it twitch, yeah. that was it yeah good lord yeah were you on twitch i was on for a while yeah um so a few years ago obviously i was doing the, the whole csgo kind of case gambling stuff yeah uh, and i remember you that, that got me a, a few kind of uh dedicated people who would, who would come in all the time when i was when i was streaming and they'd pop in and I would, I would get sponsored to play on sites and do all this kind of thing. But I'd mix in gaming as well. So at the time, obviously, Fortnite was very big. Um, and, you know, CSGO was still quite good as well. But I didn't have really the the PC capacity at the time to be able to do much other than like 720p maybe and getting, if I'm lucky, 30 frames a second. Mm. It's a bit different now. Now I've got a much more upgraded PC. I've just never returned to it. I think I did one stream back in 2020, and that was it. Uh, I haven't streamed since. I kind of just took myself away from it mm. um, almost entirely <clears throat> just because I didn't really have the capability to carry on doing it anymore. But I've always tried to find ways of you know interacting with social media. Even though I don't like it that much, uh if, like and I'll, and I'll get into that in a moment um i've always wanted to kind of create things i've always been very creative minded and i've always wanted to i've always had ideas going around my head whether it's music whether it's video whether it's skits or comedy whatever i always have something going around in my head um and i did have some time on vine as well when vine was the big thing the whole six second video thing i did oh, a few bits on there yeah. um but i never really got into tiktok until very recently that this year so I, I thought you know what throw caution to the wind i'm just going to make fun of myself because that's what i'm good at uh and just carry it on from there and started doing videos on tiktok i my third video ended up going like super global or super super viral end up getting nearly a million views so it's on about nine hundred fifty thousand views at the moment wow. um, and that was my third video on the site and that's what gained me a lot more traction than I had previously. Obviously, I've been uploading almost every day since uh, since March time, with a few breaks in between, um, and obviously currently using the the function as well live now to see if we can get some more people in on the uh, on on the podcast. Um, I had a few couple more videos which have got a couple thousand views on there, um but i i don't really worry about the views too much it's more about kind of just providing any kind of entertainment value that i can 
you know, if people like what I do, then that's great. You know, I don't ask for any likes. I don't ask for any followers. I just want people to enjoy any kind of comedy that I put out or any videos that I put out. I just want to make people laugh, man. That's just that's what I like to do. I do the same on my other half. So I would say make her properly laugh once a day and our marriage will be great. Mm. You know, and we've been doing that nearly 10 years now, like making her laugh every single day, even if I'm just being an ass, I'm just being a complete twat, basically. <laughs> uh, so long as I get her to laugh, it's fine. So long as I get people to laugh, I don't care. You know, and that's that's why I like creating. And that's why I like doing videos. Um going on to the conversation I said about not really liking social media, it's very much a case of social media to me and the internet in general has what I call Schrodinger syndrome. Um, I'm not sure if you know about the, obviously Schrodinger's cat, mm -hmm. uh, putting the cat in the box, no holes in it, leave it for a week, say, is the cat alive or dead? Mm. Until you open the box, you don't know. The internet runs on a similar parallel, but instead of saying, right, is the internet alive or dead? You say, right, leave the internet as it is. We don't focus on it. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Right. Hmm. And to me, it's both. It's both a good thing and a bad thing. Two-edged sword. Two, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword. Hmm. So you've got one edge, which is obviously the connection it gives people around the globe. Hmm. You know, you can talk to someone in, in Pakistan. You can talk to someone in Australia. You can talk to someone from France at the click of a button. You know, you don't have to then travel all the way there or send letters and wait for that time. It's automatic. It's right there, you know. But in the same way, it's created a generation of keyboard warriors. It's created a, I'm behind a screen. There's nothing you can do to me, so I'm going to say what I want. You mm. know? And it created trolls. Yeah. So you, you had them to a degree without the internet. So kind of like the closeness, the the creation of so much potential closeness has also created so much potential distance yes. between us. Yeah, exactly. Well. So mm. not only has it brought us closer together, it's also distanced ourselves in terms of our behavior. Um, it's very much a case. Of, I'd love to study it in terms of behavioral psychology, how people behave. I'm away sure you could probably find endless research papers you know, and like surmounting. Putting on, five on there, people yeah. without the internet for a week together and putting five people who only have the internet to communicate. Mm. and seeing how much of a difference it makes in terms of your connection with those people, you'll find that people who are together in person will form a much closer bond than those who are just using the internet to respond, you know, mm. and using the internet to talk to each other. You're going to find much more arguments over the internet than you will do in person. Mm. That's just how it goes. Life is going to be full of arguments, but you'll find more of them online than you will in person, you know, and that's where I get some kind of dislike for the internet in a certain degree but like most people i rely on the internet i rely on it for my work i rely on it to contact keep in contact with friends and family i rely on it to make plans and to keep a diary my phone has become an extension of my own arm yeah you know, because of the, the way it holds the internet so yeah it's very much a case of it's a good thing and a bad thing yeah but going back to the the original question of about creativity i just like people i just like to make people laugh that's yeah. just what I love doing, you know. Using it as that, like the 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 tool as a, a connection. So it must be quite. Um, have you found that? Have you found um, that your the, the formation of of an audience? Have you found um, trends and patterns between the people that follow your content in terms of their I don't know their behavior? Is there a lot of interaction between you and your audience, like um, on a personal level? 
Not really. You don't, you don't see it much because of the way TikTok operates. It's very much on a comment thing. Hmm. And you'll see if someone's tagged their friend, they'll have a conversation with their friend. But you won't really see much of a conversation with the creator unless you instigate that conversation yourself. Yeah. Obviously, you can you can write a comment back to one that's been left on your video. The same with mm -hmm. YouTube, most in the same parameters. You can't really start a like a direct message communication unless that person directly messages you or you directly message someone else. Yeah. It doesn't really work on a whole bonding connection with people, you know, until you get to a certain level where people are more likely to you know, want to talk to you and want to engage with you, hmm. uh, especially on a live function. You know, you can chat with people on a live function. When you're doing it just as a video, your bonding with your audience is going to be very limited. You know, that's why a lot of creators now will focus a lot more on a live structure than they will on a video structure because there's more engagement with your audience. Hmm. You'll find the same with YouTube. You'll find the same with Twitch, Facebook Live, hmm. you know, all of it, Facebook Gaming, it's all your, your your contribution to your fans and the fans the way the fans contribute to you uh, comes as a direct result from your lives. You know that's where you're going to engage your your fan base more if you have a fan base. That is, you know, there are some people who will will go live just just for their friends. You know, or they'll have zero viewers and still carry on because they just love to do what they do. You know, they don't matter. They're not focusing on what's happening in the uh, in the in the viewer sense. They're focusing on just providing that entertainment for some people. Yeah. You know, so for some creators, it's, they like to be able to communicate with their fan base. Sometimes it's a, it's like an entertainment for themselves, would you say? Almost, yeah. Like, so to, to see themselves doing it for those people that have, that don't have a viewership, but you said that will make the videos anyway. So to use two examples, two complete contrasts, uh, someone who really does engage with their audience is Sobia Womble. Sobia okay. Womble is, is a very uh, relatively big YouTuber. Um, very rarely posts videos, but he goes live all the time. Yeah. You know, and he goes live on Twitch, he goes live wherever, you know, yeah. but he will engage with his audience. Yeah. You know, and he will, some people will like sort of proper message in and he'll reply to them. Someone who may not do that because they're maybe a bit more established is someone like Smitty. Uh, so Smitty has a second channel, Smitty Plus, and then he has his uh, his, his streaming, which he, if he does, I'm, I think he streams. Um, but in which case, it's him and his friends goofing around. They're not focused on the chat; they're focused on just being at being idiots, yeah, you know, and providing entertainment. And that's what people that's what people enjoy. But it's live entertainment, so the fan base has that rush of knowing that whatever's happening in front of them is, is happening in front of them. It's happening right there, and that's yeah, moment. yeah. You get the same person uh, yeah. in the same boat as Sylvia Womble, which is Jesus, uh, TDM Jesus. He's uh, a CS:GO YouTuber and streamer. Um, when he goes live, he interacts with his viewers all the time. You know, yeah, he has people on the on the live with him as he's opening cases, but he also focuses on the chat he looks at the chat often and he sees what these people are uh, yeah. are putting up and he replies to them as well yeah um so that's where you're going to have a lot more of your functionality uh, in terms of uh interaction with your audience is through the chat function yeah which is why obviously i've got the live going at the moment and i'm looking down just to see if anyone is chatting yeah you know, so then if you need to answer them you can is there anyone chatting at the moment not at the moment no oh, so okay. it, it's still very early days but you know, I'm trying to link it more into into yours. Do you so, do you often sorry to interrupt you? Do you often go 
so you you don't often go live with your TikToks though. You don't often have like a a, a lot. You know. No, I don't often find time. You do a pre-recorded video. Yeah. That you edit and you look after it and you kind of nurture it and then you just kind of let it go. Yeah. So how, how, how much thought do you put into them, or do you just you know is it how how long can it take you to on on an average to do a video? It's usually spur the moment. Oh, okay. So I'll look through TikTok and see kind of what's happening and what can potentially be jumped on because a lot of the views that people get is jumping off the back of trends. Hmm. Jumping off the back of ideas that have already been thought of by other people. Yeah. Um, like 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 that that video I mentioned, which had the not like nine hundred and fifty thousand views, that was a duet with someone. Yeah. You know, some videos you stitch, so you stitch one of the videos and you then put yourself on uh on it as well. So you take part of that video and then you do whatever you want to do afterwards. Hmm. Sometimes it can be very much a case of you see the idea and you think, oh, I can use that sound. I can make a video from that. I've got an idea for that. Let's record it. There's sometimes where it's like, oh, I know I can put to this video as a response. Let's do that. Mm. You know, it's very much a case of spur the moment. Uh, for a lot of people, they will just record what comes into their brain at that time. So, yeah, if in some instances, you do need to put a bit of thought into it, like especially if you've got an idea and you're not sure how to structure it, then you've got to be able to, you know, get those idea processes clear in your mind as to what you want to do. And yeah, it's going to take a few times of recording it maybe to get it right. But it's in the end, you know, you kind of, you kind of finish on what is, what is going to be your best video, the best part. What feels good. What feels good. Yeah. So, but then what I do is I, I would record a lot in one go. Sorry about that fly below, man. No, that was not. That's, all right. that's not not part of the podcast. Here. That's not stunt fly. I'm not special guest. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Martin, <laughs> special guest a, Martin McFly. He doesn't have a microphone. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> special guest Martin McFly. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I what I do is I'd record a lot of videos in bulk, uh, and have them in my drafts, ready to oh, upload right. on the day. So you've got like ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for example, yes, uh, not yesterday, Monday. Um, I recorded five or six videos. And a lot in, in like the space of like uh... in the space of about an hour. Wow! Because um, they're not long. They're not long videos. They could be any. They could average between ten to twenty seconds long. Yeah. But it's the ideas that you want to put into it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes no effort at all. Sometimes it takes a bit of effort because you've got to find what works yeah. and what works with the audience that you have as well. So it's finding the balance between mm. what you think is good and what other people are going to think is good you've got mm. to come at it not just from a personal perspective but from a business perspective as well yeah you know you've got to know what's what's selling what's trending what you can jump on at that time and being on it as quick as you can before the trend stops so back when vine was a big thing trends would last quite a while yeah. it last a couple of months now you're finding trends that last maybe about a week and then something new comes along because people yeah. are constantly trying to bring something new into the market. And you've got such a small time to then jump onto that trend that by the time, if you've recorded a draft, for example, and you want to then get that up on TikTok, you've got to get up almost straight away to avoid missing out on the trend. Yeah. And that's how you then start to get more engagement with your channel. Yeah. You know, it's different for, for YouTube because there's not really much of a trend going on apart from if a new game comes out. If a new game yeah. comes out, all the big YouTubers will start playing it. That's Let's when you want play. to jump on. That's yeah. if you can afford the game in the first place. So yeah. Stray, for example, new game that, that came out recently, Stray, where you play as a cat. 
basically that became very big for a short space of time yeah. on youtube a lot of big youtubers were playing it so people would jump on the market but it was still about 45 quid to pay to pay for that game on steam hmm. if you don't have that money and you don't have the stream set up you're not gonna be able to jump on that trend in time for people to then watch it yeah. Something that has survived a test. You've got to get in the window. There's a window of. There's a window of, of opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, some games have stood the test of time. Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. You know, both games have stood the test of time. You can stream them, whatever. You'll still get some kind of audience there Very because so, people yeah. still watch Skyrim. They still watch Grand Theft Auto. You know, especially with all the different mods you can put in I was there. just about to... I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time is the, 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 the potential that is behind games is so incredible. The, and, and those are... You literally highlighted for me what I see is... And I'm, I don't know. I'm not any form of um, authority in terms of uh, gaming, but I've done it for a long time. I follow a lot of it. I still game loads now, mm. um, a bit more retro, but I also play, you know, plenty of contemporary things. Yeah. Um, uh, but that is something that I've, I've noticed that is incredible is that those two games seem to, in simpatico, have so much of the modding market, whereas you have, uh, and, and they're both at both ends of the spectrum. So you've got Grand Theft Auto, which seems to have more of a short fuse. So it will have, all of its modders seem to produce a lot more kind of short fuse burnout mods where it's like, you know, you can have, you know, it's more skins and um, more kind of like, you know, graphics alterations. Yeah. And uh, one, they, they don't have these huge different visual add-ons or features. You know, they're not going to go like, oh, here's a new island. Not like, in... not like turning the dragon from Skyrim into Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, you know? well, well, I suppose they kind of, have, you know, where you could have something like, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto, it turns all the cars into chickens or it turns all the cars. <laughs> you know, like mods like that, which is, I love that sort of stuff. But like, you know. Chaos mod, I think they call that. I, um, I, I don't know. I've slightly boycotted Rockstar's games recently in terms of wanting to play them because right. they started giving the opportunity of paying for all of the credits online. So you could go, like, if you had 50 quid, you could buy a thousand online credits and buy loads of advanced weaponry and it would help yeah. you out in missions earlier so in reality the more money you have the better you're going to do at the game so as a result i was like i i don't know it's just it's just a, for me it's like a it's like a moral thing i don't yeah. like i don't like that i don't like the thought that if you've got more money you're gonna fucking do better at that game than me so yeah. I, was like, I was like fuck you like i'm not I'm gonna play that because i just used to love running through the woods tomahawking people yeah like in in uh red dead too i loved it that was one of my favorite things because it's so funny because you're just running along with your big my big purple cavalier hat on with a big feather out of it yeah and like and all of a sudden you would just go and you just die and like the screen <laughs> goes and um uh, but anyway i digress like there but so um and you so you've got red you know red dead and, and gta that have like you know those that kind of like short fuse mods which are going to be for short-term multiplayer effect where you use it for say like you know 20 or 100 games whereas you have things like skyrim which is they've just gotten in multiplayer for yeah. it and they've been working on it for so long so now you and a few friends or a friend can now play Skyrim together. Mm. So when you pause the game, the other person can keep moving, the world keeps evolving, you know, like things like that. And then they've also got the, uh, I would, I want the online world to correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure that it is the biggest modding community on planet 
fucking earth yeah. is following Skyrim at the moment. Yeah. Because of the fact that they have Beyond Skyrim and Sky Oblivion. And they also have another one, which I can't quite remember, but they're doing, um, they're, they're doing like a, a inside these Daedra gates where you can go in and discover yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. inside worlds of what it's like in all of the world of the Daedra. Yeah. Like the, the realm, the planes of oblivion kind of thing. Mm. But, um, and I, I, I love that the fact that they've run away with it and that there's no time schedule on it. So they can spend as long as they want. They're not up to saying like, Oh, by the way, we're going to release it then. They don't, they don't care about any release schedule. They just want to get it right. Yeah, because of the fact that it's it, 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 they're like a private, it's a private community that are doing it for the public. Yeah, and they do it, and they're not getting paid for it. They do it off the sweat of their own brow, and they just want people to enjoy the content because they want to see the same magic as yeah. they do, or at least that's how I like to see it anyway. So you know, regardless of what the modding team think, and I'm sure that's probably where they're approaching it from, yeah. which is so cool. It's like what that's what you that's what you dream of when like that's what I dreamt of when I was a kid. In Oblivion, you know, I loved playing Oblivion when I was a kid. Yeah, and I dreamt that this that a team of cowboys online would take, you know, would essentially take up um, uh, the um, the asset and creation uh, content of all of it. Yeah, where they would go like, right, the 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 studio, the developers, the studio, they're not even involved anymore. Mm. They've long gone out the window. They they knew how much effort it was to to create the bloody thing in the first place. They they're sick of looking at it and sick of the sight of it. Yeah. Whereas you've got the rest of the world who's gone, hey, I'm I can watch this. I've done a thousand hours on this and I'm ready to do another ten. You know, yeah. and and I'm just going to do it just to create stuff on it. And 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 oh my god, what they're doing with it at the moment. Have you seen some of the stuff for Sky Oblivion and Beyond Skyrim? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. it's unreal. Like the the thought and the care and the hours like they're making the whole of like Tamriel the rest of the map you know for it Tamriel, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people probably that are going to listen to this that I'm going to have known <laughs> I was banging on about for the past like I don't know a few minutes but well, they're looking to bring out the uh, the next version of Elder Scrolls aren't they in the next year or so it's been they've they've had a bit of a, a can uh, not a cancel that so basically do you, do you know uh, so bethesda if you're following at the moment bethesda are currently working on a game called starfield mm. um which they want to release um end of this year or beginning of next year which uh, most people in the general public who know their shit are apparently saying it's probably good starfield's probably going to come out in 2023 yeah which was when elder scroll 6 was supposed to come out which is 2023 mm. So they're reckoning that realistically, I've heard from quite a few people that it's meant to be pushed to 2025, maybe 2027. Wouldn't surprise me. And I, yeah, I think honestly, that's probably when we're going to actually see it because it's not even, it's not even in full production. Hmm. It's still in pre-production at the moment. Elder Scrolls. It's almost uh, like, six. it's almost like the Avatar movie. Well, now it's supposed to come out in 2014. Yeah. And it's now 2022 <laughs> and they're only just bringing it out. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And this is a long time before COVID or any form of, you know, like yeah. anything else. But then you're looking at GTA six as well. That's going to come out. Oh, Someone soon, you know, when we're old men, maybe they'll start post production, you know, like post production on it. Yeah, well, there's, there's a guy on Reddit who's been working on GTA 6 and he's apparently been quotation marks leaking details about the new, the oh, new man, GTA. Guys, and whether you take that, so as fired. whether you take that as, uh, <laughs> as gospel or not, is uh, is is your own, your own kind of uh, prerogative, but in the same way, you know, it's kind of one of those, um. It's th those kind of games, you know, 
they build so much hype and then you find when you actually play it sometimes it doesn't actually live up to the hype that it's been given like yeah. i'm trying to think of a game that had that received a lot of hype but never lived up to the expectation um i'd say for me personally the game that everyone seems a lot of people seem to love but i don't seem to really get on with is bloodborne oh, okay i don't know that one. um it's a bit like dark souls Okay, there's so many Dark Souls-y games out where you're a dude or you're a person with a big sword that runs around the wilderness yeah. fighting enormous things. Blood, Bloodborne, I couldn't, I couldn't get on with because it just seemed like a direct carbon copy of Dark Souls. Yeah. I was just like, well, you've just released Dark Souls under another name. That's and all this is. Di Diablo's another one that looks like kind of like that to me. Diablo's well. more of a top-down kind of game. Though, yeah. It like, was changing um, camera angles. I mean, like pretty much like the contents are very similar. Like, I mean, I mean, like I always saw like uh, what was it like black and white and um oh, so we're talking like pre Steam and, bl and Blade know? as well. Though was it Blade was was one of the, I can't remember. But there's loads of games though where you know you're a person with basically as a humongous sword running around the wilderness, mm. hunting after enormous creatures. Really, yeah. You know, like... It's uh, it's it's it just I just couldn't get on with it. Like well, you, the games you're talking about, like Black and White, you're talking like pre Steam, pre Epic games when get when PC games still came out on CD. Yeah. You know, and you'd have to you have to put the CD into your computer to play it, and you couldn't just download it. Yeah. Like uh, like like Battle for Middle Earth, that when that first came out, that was all through CD. Mm. You know, and you could only buy it on CD. Uh, another game which was good, which came out like that was, um, Heroes of Might and Magic. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I've heard of it. I've, uh, yeah, they yeah. released like six different versions of it. I remember Hero Hero Heroes of Might and Magic three. Um, when that first came out, that was like a, a pioneer of its time, mm. the way it operated um, in the in the top down mechanic. Um, but since obviously since then, games have evolved, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you're still gonna find your your top down games, and they're, they're still popular. Yeah, you know, they're they're still quite popular games, like like Diablo. You know, it's still. Very, very popular within the audience. Like, I remember the backlash that Diablo had when they wanted to release a new version as a mobile only game, and oh God, the yeah. amount of backlash that got was unbelievable. I it was it was fascinating when games consoles went through that huge period of I think personally encouraged by Nintendo was were probably some of the first people to do it because they went ironically from handheld which is the game boy and the game boy advanced and the game boy color to the nintendo 64 dreamcast is that no that's sony GameCube. that's sony mega drive in well yeah but they the exactly yeah the, the gamecube wait no no the the dreamcast is nintendo isn't it dreamcast was because it's still the oh it's its dreamcast own dreamcast was its own thing oh right uh, okay nintendo had the nintendo 64 and then they had the nintendo GameCube, gamecube and then the wii uh, then the wii then the wii, wii u, u. And now they've got the Switch. Switch, yes, absolutely. But then, they, because you see, though, they've gone back to handheld they, they, with that, the option of being on the television. That's because handheld was what got them their spare sales. They went back to basics, yeah, which is what they realised they had to do. With things like Sony and uh, and Xbox, Sony in particular, they tried to enter the market for handheld. The PSP, the PSP, yeah. and the PS Vita. You know, and I don't remember the PSV. That that flopped like a wet sea bass on a, in a desert. Yeah, you know that did not do well at all. Uh, um, it, it essentially was a commercial flop. 
I had a PSP and I never completed a single game, I don't think, on it. I used it to watch movies. That was the main reason why I bought it. I, I never had one, but I never saw the the want for one, you know, because all the games on there, they weren't great. Any game released on the PSP was far mm. below what it should be. Um, and that's why it flopped so much. But, uh, Xbox haven't really introduced they, any handheld they console. Tried, they, they, I think they, they entertained the idea yeah. and then they scrapped it mm. because their their sale values were based on consoles. Yeah. Based on you know proper consoles. So they didn't really go into that market. Steam Valve in particular have now kind of gone into the market of handheld with the with the Steam Deck, which, okay. has, been, which has recently been released. Uh, you might have seen Anomaly uh, review it and show, obviously, the thing in itself. It's about it's about you. You were able to pre-order it for three hundred forty-nine quid when it was on pre-order. Uh, I saw one in CEX the other day selling for eight hundred quid. Oh wow! So it's done a full PlayStation Five. They're, the they're worth well yeah. over a grand. Wow! Because of the capabilities that they have and the mm. the specs that the Steam Deck has. It far outweighs any kind of handheld console, but it's still much harder to play the games that you want on mm. there, especially CSGO, because who plays CSGO on a, on a controller? No one. I don't know. I it's never all, play It's all CSGO, keyboard. But yeah. Everyone who plays Valve games or Steam games will usually play on a keyboard and mouse. So transferring them over to, over to a console like Mechanic is very brave of them mm. uh, to try. What do you think about uh, cross-platform capabilities that have like become so prevalent over the past kind of like uh, two, two to a few years? I think cross-platform is great. Yeah, it's it's great because um, and we need more of it. Mm. Because and you, you you saw it being done with Fortnite when uh, when it was still big. It's still kind of big now, but it not is. so much as it, it had a resurgence though, didn't it? Because it dipped and kind of almost died, and then it seemed to have come back almost from the grave somehow. Like either that or it had that hardcore. It's, be, it's because it became an esport. Fortnite became an esport. Really, you trained yeah. to be a Fortnite esport player. Oh wow! And join like squads and teams. The same with CS:GO. Uh, esports hmm. um, has become a big thing nowadays, and there's a lot of games which have become esports. You're even finding mobile games are becoming esports. Pokemon Go, for example, recently had its own World Championships. I'm not surprised. That was so big. That is such a humongous game, though. But that the was... turnout for the World Championships of Pokemon Go was incredible. What was it like? Um, I saw Mystic7 do his video on the Pokemon Go World Championships, mm. and it was full to the brim. You easily had a good five, ten thousand people there. Oh, they, wow. They were filled to capacity. So that's like, and that's all people playing. But how would they do a world championship? Do they just have like a... Well, it, like wasn't a... Just, it wasn't just people playing. People they... went to watch other people play. Yeah, exactly. Let's say you're just... What are you doing? Are you just going to watch somebody like... What... what how does You're watching it, on big like? screens. Okay. So you're watching these people play and they're, they're all their screens are being transported on a big screen as you then yeah. watch them do. But what are they The same doing? with any... Experience. Are they just... Are they just walking around a city? Like... Or they're just no, this, walking the, around the, the championships population. are in a building. Okay. They're in a building. There's in a big warehouse. But, but pre and post championships you've got all your pokemon go players who are streaming around because they've made an event out of it and because of its location niantic who who made pokemon go and, and run pokemon go to this day yeah um they will then create a, a specific event for that specific location so that specific spawns happen there so you'll have you'll have a mass conglomeration of pokemon go players 
all amassing in one location. Okay. And do they... Um, oh, Sorry, my, I've got my other half corner me. That's fine. Do you want to take it? I'll bear with. Hey, uh, I'm doing a podcast at the moment. Oh, sorry, are you not at home? No, I'm not at home. No, that's fine. I'm going to get chips then. All right, you get chips then. Sup, Bex? All right, love you. Love you too. Then we're my loud. I will do. Love you, back. Love you, bye. Love you much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sorry for the interruption there. That was my wife. <laughs> My lovely, um, my lovely wife, pregnant wife. Fantastic, fantastic lady. Here's to back, and here's to here's the baby. Congratulations, by the way. Baby Absolutely. Hannah. Yeah. How does it? How, how does? How does that feel? Is <laughs> he swallowing? I think the silence kind of says it all, really. Um, it's nerve wracking. There's a tidal wave of, of emotions of all kinds of shapes and sizes. I wouldn't say it's a tidal wave of emotions. I wouldn't even say it's really emotions as such. I'm, I'm naturally quite a laid-back person yeah if i was if i was any more laid back i'd be horizontal you know um it's like i i get excited as the big events come but when it's yeah you know the build-up to something i'm usually stay quite stoic i say quite level-headed oh, okay because yeah. that's the best way to be my my wife she she worries about a lot of things you know and she she will, she will worry about the big things throughout the entirety of the time. She'll be like, oh, what if, we're good, what if we're not good parents? What if the baby's ugly? You know, and, you know, I just say to her, well, for one, if, 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 we're, not, if we're not good parents, we'll learn to be. And if the baby's ugly, then we'll just call it precious. You know, um, call them. So, um, you so know. Contingencies for... for we, well, a, we have a, contingency a, plans. Aesthetic, um, I don't know... Uh, uh, surprises. Yeah, we have. Con- I, I, I certainly have a contingency okay. plan in place for uh, certain. Uh, I hope your child ends up watching this podcast one day in eighteen years' time and realize yeah. how much of a douchebag I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure Hannah will because uh, we've, we've got a name for her, Hannah Eleanor Berry. It's a lovely name, you know. Slightly bummed that I wasn't having a boy. I think any father would be. But you know, it doesn't matter. I'm having a baby girl, and yeah. she will be daddy's little girl. No, and she will be a daddy's girl because I'm going to be a massive pushover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will be a huge pushover because I, I, I just wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to say no to her mm. like, at all, especially if I've got funds. You know, if I've got the, the the financial capability to her, I don't think I'd be able to say no to her. No, and she's like, Daddy, I want ice cream when we're fucking getting ice cream. You know, if my little girl wants to wear her out, wants to wear her princess outfit. And she gets scared because she doesn't want people to laugh at her for being Elsa. Screw it! I will dress up as Anna. I will I will wear a princess outfit myself so she doesn't feel left out. I will go out in a dress and fucking rock it. You know, yeah. high heels and everything. I will be singing "Let It Go" at the top of my fucking lungs. You know, just oh, please her. No, oh, bless you. You know, I'll do anything for my for my little girl when she's born. No, oh, um, bless you, man. But yeah, it's. I think it's. Um, it's certainly it's certainly something I'm looking forward to, but at the same time, it's nerve-wracking yeah. in the same way. Because yeah, you have those you have those usual worries of am I gonna be a good parent? You know, of am I gonna be able to give this kid everything that I can? And especially in today's cost of living crisis and today's world, yeah, it's it's very much a case of you, you are gonna worry about the next generation. You're gonna worry about how they're going to yeah. live when they become adults. And yeah, that's something that I, I very it's much... It's a constant worry, yeah, you know, I but you, you tend to 
you tend to live with it. You tend to you, uh, you, you get your brain active and you sort of think, well, you can only do what you can. You can't do anywhere above and beyond that mm. for your child. You can only do the best. You can only give them the best that you can and just try, I guess. That's, that's, that's all you really can do. Here's to the future generation, man. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Here's to the future generation. That's how they're not as fucked as we are. Yeah, I don't think we're that bad. Anyway. Oh, Pretty crazy. Scott. Hello. But, uh... Like I could say, just those worries of being a good parent makes sure you're a good parent. Fair enough. I can okay. uh, I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much, Rachel. How are you doing anyway? Yeah. Um... Yeah. Next topic. Next. Yeah. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going. I can't remember what I was going to talk about. There's a specific question. Uh, a Pacific. A Pacific, Pacific question. Pacific Ocean not, question. Not, a, not an Antarctic question. Not a Dead Sea question. Uh, what do you think about the Antarctic? Do you reckon we're going to be able to get like all the ice that we need like back up there again? Mate, we're, we're going to be underwater by 2060. I bet. Do you reckon it's going to be like Waterworld? Have you seen that film? No. Oh, it's sorry. mad. Oh, dude. It's um who's that bloke that played Robin Hood in the one with um not Michael Keaton. Do you mean the Princess Bride? No, 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 no. Robin Robin Hood. Uh the one with um Alan Rickman. Hello, Alan. This is Alan. Oh, Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. god, I can't remember what his name is. But yeah, oh dude. But yeah, yeah, no, you should, you should watch Waterworld. It's, it's a ridiculous Mad Max, but on, on, on water. I don't get why people hated it so much. It's so silly. It's watchable. I've seen it twice. Yeah. And 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 I still don't know what to think about it really, to be honest. But you I've got to f- No, I said twenty sixty. I'm gonna watch it again though. I'm watching that again at some point in my future, man. Yeah. Yeah. So no. do you reckon it's gonna all end up like Mad Max though? At some point, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. We've got too many world leaders who have got their finger ready to press that nuclear button. Ooh, you know? you're always thinking about the nuclear thing. I just ignore all that. The it world... doesn't. Do- it doesn't feel like it does me any well, service no, next... to ever think about the any, next world war when it happens, about. and it is a when, not an if. Yeah. When the next world war How happens, do you know? it will be all done online. It'll be cyber okay. <laughs> cyber warfare. Some, know, one laughing. country will hack another country, destroy someone else's currency, yeah. especially if they're, if they're using digital currency as well. Destroy that, and then that person will get pissed off, hit the button, all of a sudden there's nukes flying. Everywhere. The irony, though, if we all end up using the euro or the dollar. No, I don't like, think... Like, if everybody ends up using the same currency. <laughs> Britain won't end up using the same currency unless we come into some kind of utopian atmosphere where there's, there's a worldwide currency. But then we've already seen that. In the form of cryptocurrency, which yeah. is worldwide, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, it's all that's all global currency. That's mm. not individual to one specific country. That's everywhere. Yeah. And you can buy in in your own currency, but then it's it's but the problem with crypto is that it's not regulated. It's it's very volatile. It's mm. not it's not held accountable. If you make any losses, that's your own risk. You know. Can you see a country in the future adopting a cryptocurrency as its currency? Specifically, some, some places have. Yeah. Some places have. Kids' bedtime. Love to you, your power and the missus and Bubba. Thank you, Rachel. Have a good one. Yeah, no, I can. Um, crypto will only get bigger and bigger. That's that's the thing with uh, with things of like it. It'll get bigger and bigger, and then it'll drop. The only problem is that they, they keep creating the. The only way I can say it is that they keep creating new cryptocurrencies. So they have like the because of the fact that there's. 
the way that cryptocurrencies work, and this is how it was explained to me when I first found out about Bitcoin, is that I was taught that a um, that they they have a um, an algorithm that eventually will run out of possible numbers that are actually a probability. So eventually, you're going to run out of like actual numbers that that, that it can be. So it, there is a limitation on how many Bitcoin you can have in existence in total. That's because of the mining. You know, there's only so much that you can have you know, from from the mining of the of the product. Yeah. Um, and you'll find the same with uh, most cryptocurrencies. But I think just because there's loads of them out there does not mean they're tradable. Yeah. You'll find a lot of them don't have a cap because they're not they're not used as tradable. Really, if it's staking, they're used to earning yield. Yeah. Um, or probably black market moving as well. Yeah. It's probably quite a useful thing. The for ones them, you imagine. see with the most volatility are the ones that are tradable. So the ones that you can trade in for real-time currency. Um, other ones... Uh, like, like Forex X, markets. Like uh, like XRM, like uh, EBG. Hmm. You'll find those are more for staking and investing in obtaining yield than the tradable. <laughs> so, for example, um, Litecoin is tradable. So you can, buy, you can purchase things on a website with Litecoin. Hmm. Mainly gambling sites at the moment. But you can purchase things with Litecoin. Okay. There are other currencies where you can't. So you've got other currencies or other cryptocurrencies that are out there that you can buy into them, but and you can sell out of them on a specific trading website. Yeah. But you can't use it to purchase stuff. So there's different levels of regulation and legitimacy between behind all formats. Of I wouldn't currency. say there's an issue with legitimacy. I'd say it's more that you've got different ones coming out that have different yeah, but what's Pro- the stop- that, that, that utilize different programs and you can utilize them for different aspects? So, what, one second. My 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 problem with 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 cryptocurrency as well would be in terms of legitimacy would be the say what if you knew all of the what's to stop somebody and I can definitely definitely this is happening or happened is that what's to stop somebody from who knows all the laws boundaries and the um uh, the the the, the, the the scientific machinations of what is required in terms of creating a cryptocurrency to build something in the way that they want it so that they can manipulate it mm. and and i don't know create uh say like you know a huge bubble and how do we know that that's not happening already and how do we know that there's you know not like say multiple bubbles all around the world which is what i personally think there is my my i personally think there's going to be a worldwide recession soon but i don't know what and i think it's going to be down to multiple uh, utilities all over the earth, not just necessarily one specific thing. And I think it's going to fail, not necessarily as a domino effect, but I think it's going to fail, say, maybe one year to the next. There's going to be one big problem one year and then another huge problem the next year and then another big problem well, the next Britain's year. Well, Britain is already going to be entering a recession. There's no doubt about that. We're already entering a recession because of the cost of things is too high. Inflation has gone up too Oh, you much. see the supermarket thing recently, we, didn't you? We need to balance it out. Yeah. You know, uh, so we are already going to be entering a recession. That's yeah. going to happen. There's no ifs or buts about it. That will happen. It's just a matter of how long can the government hold out before they then commit to, you know, announcing that we are going into a recession. We've got nobody um, in charge at the moment. We've, we've nobody got, no, we've in... got no one in charge. And we've had the same government in charge for the last 12 years who keep on blaming the last government for their failings. But um, you know what? I don't... 
I, I, who wants to be in charge? Who wants to be in charge? Why really? would you? Why would you? Why would you turn up and want to be in charge? In terms, yeah, yeah. But say, say you were a uh, like, don't everybody laugh at once? But say you were a moral and ethical person, <laughs> and you turn up in politics. That's wishful thinking. And you, and you genuinely wanted to 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 invoke positive change without using any um, any twist any twists or turns within the con in, within the system that currently is in place say so you wanted to turn up and actually do things for the better you know that, that what's that going to look like look, that looks like the most difficult thing to do on the planet it in in any country it looks like almost insurmountably impossible to piss you know, like like you know impossible to not piss somebody off if you want to do do the right thing, as regardless it were. of what you do, you're so going to like let's 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 save all the poor people, and you're like, you're like oh, all right, cool. Well, how are we going to do it? Okay, let's have a look at what is actually defined as poor, and then you're like, you know, and you're like, okay, right, if you want to do that, you have to siphon funds away from something else, which then pisses off this load of people over here, and you can't just move the funds. You have to do all sorts of trade deals and put, I don't know, like it's a nightmare. Regardless <laughs> of what you do, why you would you? Why would anybody want to do it? That's my problem, is that why would anybody want to do Regardless it? Regardless of what you do, you're going to piss someone off. Exactly. So you no just no matter up... what, what avenue you're in. Yeah. But the people you don't want to piss off are the people who you're getting the money from, essentially. Yeah. That's why the Tories have managed to stay in power for so long, because they've ignored the pleas of the poor who aren't really, you know, giving, like making those contributions to the Tory party, but they're cutting corporation tax again. Mm. They're raising inflation prices. They, and inflation is rising because of profits. Yeah. You know? And where profits rise, inflation rises. It's not because of the pay. It's not because people have been paid too much. People have been paid too little. Mm. Year on year, people have essentially taken a pay cut. If they've not had a pay rise in a year, they've essentially taken a pay cut yeah. year on year. And that's happened for the past five years. Can I... I'm, I'm going to mention something now that is, is a bit on the more optimistic side, though. Just, just to bring it away from uh, party politics and politics in general. Um, is uh, I see a lot I see a lot more hope in humanity from the direction of the individuals in society. So there's a lot more hardworking people, especially the people that, I don't know, that I know of, that I'm aware of, and a lot of people I follow online mm. uh, in different varied avenues in terms of, like, for example, things like restoration markets have uh, fucking gotten a lot bigger. So taking something that was that's outdated and old and antiquated and actually turning it into something that's not only usable, but is actually, you know, does a very good job nowadays. Um, and and that's, that's not just become um, uh, fashionable, it's become profitable and it's also become uh, more kind of like, uh, it's become more sound as an actual way to do it. So you're like, oh, I've got this beat up piece of junk in my in my back garden, you know, like an old Nissan Micra, which is hidden under the trees. I'm just going to take it out, clean it out, you know, because I know what I'm doing because you educated, because the person educated themselves and they applied themselves to it. And, you know, and because it was available on, say, YouTube or, or and, you know, on, on, you know, online, which is one of the things he was saying about information sharing. Mm. Is one of the wonders of the internet. Is um, uh, and and especially as people become more tech savvy as well, where they're like, right, I'm not going to just give away my too much of my information. I'm just going to, you know, log on and just have a look at, you know, like you say, like how do yeah, I yeah, how yeah. do I restore a 1959, you know, like uh, you know, what 
what you know, car or a piece of like equipment from your garage, an old teapot, a washing machine, anything like that. You know, and then you go like, right, and now we're going to attach, you know, potentially like, you know, solar solar power capable capabilities to it, renewable energy, yada yada. You see, you see where I'm going with this. There's there's a lot of good movements happening. 